Saints fans, Pelicans fans, let's go. This is the Black and Blue Report. Black. Bree is going to go deep. He's got ground. Touchdown. Blue. Down the lane. Shoots. No. Tip follow in for Davis with three tenths of a second left. Welcome into the podcast for the fans, straight from the teams they love. It's good to see you guys, and uh, I didn't know we had Studio B here in our facility. Good setup. Now that I know where your guys' little office is, I can pop in here whenever I want. Well, we're playing through AD, and so everybody's going to have to adjust to that. Coaches, players, analysts, celebrities, and more. That guy's Anthony Mackie. I've gotten in many of our arguments about the Pelicans and the Saints uh, over the years. Harry County Jr. joins us here on the Black and Blue Report. Undoubtedly, to me, the Saints are the singular reason that New Orleans is back on the map. Hoda Kotb from the Today Show on NBC, our guest. You know, New Orleans gets in your blood. The Saints never leave it once they get in there. This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio. Wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Hey, how goes it? Welcome into the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Greetings today from Studio B on Airline Drive at the headquarters of the Saints and the Pelicans. I'm Sean Kelly. Great to be with you here on this Wednesday. We're packing our bags today. The Pelicans are heading out west, uh, flying to Phoenix this afternoon, getting set to take on the Suns tomorrow, the Warriors on Friday in Oakland, and then on Sunday, the Clippers in Los Angeles. So it's busy, busy, and the Pelicans certainly are happy about their win last night over the Milwaukee Bucks. Ugly as it may have been, 85-84 was the final score, and with that, the Pelicans are back into eighth place in the Western Conference, have themselves a playoff spot, at least at the moment. We'll see if that changes any as the week progresses, uh, the, the homestand was a split. And as you remember, on Sunday, they lost in double overtime to the Denver Nuggets. Uh, at the very least, they gained a little momentum going into the road trip, and we'll see how it plays out tomorrow in Phoenix. We're going to visit with David Wesley here on a Wesley Wednesday, get his thoughts on the homestand that just concluded, and hear now what's to come out west for the Pelicans. We'll hear from head coach Monty Williams as well, his full visit with us after the ball game last night. On the football side, we'll uh, spend some time with Akeem Hicks today. He is currently overseas on a USO tour, and we certainly applaud those efforts. John DeShazer got Akeem's thoughts about this trip, a unique one at that, his first ever, and we'll uh, share that with you here on this Wednesday as well. There's a lot to talk about, certainly, with regards to the playoff picture. Oklahoma City now uh, has Boston tonight in Atlanta on Friday, and as you may have heard the news yesterday, uh, Serge Ibaka could be out four to six weeks, and their forward uh, has to have knee surgery. So they're banged up even more. And uh, how much more can Russell Westbrook do before the return of Kevin Durant? Uh, that'll be interesting to watch. Uh, it looks like Dallas at the moment has uh, kind of cemented their spots. I thought they'd slide a little bit, but they've had two big wins, both of them at home, and seem to be doing okay. Uh, even the Spurs uh, still seem to be making a push despite you know, what many would call a very disappointing loss at Madison Square Garden last night, losing to the New York Knicks. But uh, we'll take our first break here in just a moment and uh, kind of jump into our Pelicans conversation for the day. And then, as I mentioned, Akeem Hicks a little bit later on. Sure was nice to see not only Mr. and Mrs. Benson at the ballgame last night as the Pelicans won, 
But as Mr. B likes to do uh, after a big Pelicans win, he heads on down to the locker room, and he picked up that tradition last night following the uh, Pelicans' 85-84 win over Milwaukee. And we'll get Monty Williams' thoughts about it in just a moment. The playoff push is on as your New Orleans Pelicans fight for the postseason. Join us this Wednesday at 7 p.m. at the Smoothie King Center for another guys' night out against the Houston Rockets. This ticket package includes two tickets, four beers, plus we'll throw in two free t-shirts, all for as low as $46. Grab your pals to get on board for guys' night out. Call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your tickets today. I'm Linda, mother of two beautiful 13-year-old twins. While my son has brown hair and blue eyes, and my daughter has blonde with green eyes, they both share one identical DNA trait. I hate spinach. No one leaves the table until you finish your vegetables. Getting my kids to want to eat vegetables, that's my purpose. Blend it now. Try the new veggie blends at Smoothie King. It's the tastiest way to get your kids to love vegetables. Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. This is Pelicans head coach, Monty Williams, and you're listening to the Black and Blue Report. A lot of times when the game is done and you've gone home to watch either the television news or you pick up the newspaper the next day, you get some of Monty Williams' post-game thoughts, a soundbite here, a quote there. A lot of times here on the Black and Blue Report, we like to give you his full interview following a ball game, and let's do just that. From last night outside of the Pelicans locker room, head coach Monty Williams visiting with us about his team's uh, narrow escape from the Milwaukee Bucks. Coach, I'm sure the fans are breathing a sigh of relief after the way that game ended. I'm curious as to how you felt about what happened tonight. Well, the thing that I liked about it was our guys felt bad about the execution down the stretch and about the way we won. Um, And I had to bring them back a little bit because this time of the year, you're playing playoff teams. It's going to be a fight. And so any way you can get the win, you take it and you move on, try to learn from it. Um, we didn't have our best stuff tonight, and we still won a game. And so that's something that uh, we can be proud of, and yet we know we have to learn from it. How did you recover from the second quarter? That was the lowest scoring quarter yeah. all season. Well, it, it, it happens. You know, unfortunately, um, it happened to us. Fortunately, it happened to us at home. So we were able to regroup um, in front of our fans. So... Um, you won't see us do that often, score 10 points in a quarter, but uh, we didn't score much more in the fourth. Uh, we had to play good defense tonight. We held a team to 37% from the field, uh, two teams fighting for um, their lives, and uh, we came out on top. So we did not have our best stuff. Uh, we came out like gangbusters early. Um, our bench didn't have the kind of uh, production that we've been looking for and getting from them, so that, that kind of put us in a hole. Coach, sometimes you'll walk out of here and say a win is a win is a win, and then sometimes maybe you might look back on these two games and some red flags may come up. Which which camp would you say you're in as you get set to head out west? Well, the same thing I said last game. You know, you win, a, you lose a tough game. It's not a tragedy. You win a big game like tonight, you can't get too happy on the farm. And so we got to have a great balance, understand that we, we're trying everything we can to win games. The biggest thing is learning from this like we did the other day. I uh, thought we got off to a great start tonight. Um, our second and fourth quarter wasn't great, but we did enough to win the game. Coach, thanks. Thank you. What was the nature of AD's uh, slight injury? 
He just tweaked that growing again, I think, and um, you know he was able to come back, so I knew he was okay. And when he was running down the floor, he didn't look like he did in that first injury. When I think he did it against Denver, and uh, when he came back, he was dragging his leg. Tonight, he came back in, and he was, you know, I think he got one more block shot after he came back in, and he was still bouncy. So I think he'll be okay. Yeah, no question. I mean, it was basically the whole game was third and three all night long. I mean, you're fighting for two or three yards all night. And, you know, people forget because, especially here, we don't see that team a lot. That's a really good defensive team, and they're long, and they're fighting for a playoff spot as well. So it wasn't like, you know, we played a team that just showed up. We played a team that came and, and has a lot of pride. And after the first quarter that we had, um, they just said, look, we're going to put our hands on them and, and, you know, make them play our style of basketball. And we were able to win their style. A lot at the rim. Yeah, at the rim tonight, we were uh, struggling a little bit finishing. I think we had 37 attempts uh, in the paint. We only had 14 makes. So that's, that's typically not us. Uh, even AD missed a few around the basket tonight. So. Uh, Lexi had a few bunnies that he, he didn't put back in, but O'Meara was a man around the basket tonight, and I thought uh, he was the difference, the way he uh, was screening, getting rebounds, uh, extra possessions. Uh, in the last play, you know, what most people don't, don't see, Dante was a little late. O'Meara covered for him and got back to his guy. Those were the kinds of plays that he made all night long. It just screened AD, you know, AD, O'Meara had to help because Dante was late. So Pachulia, I think, just got a crack on AD. And at that point in the game, refs are not going to call a foul on a screen. And so he just crashed AD and AD couldn't get through the screen. And with two, point sec two seconds on the clock, it's hard to switch because you don't want to give up the slip. And so AD couldn't get through the screen. He got an open look and that, you know, we're just thankful that he didn't make it. Struggles under the basket. Yeah. Finishing. What was the difference tonight? I just, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. I'm just glad he was good tonight. He was really good. We'll, of course, hear a lot more from head coach Monty Williams tomorrow night on the Monty Williams radio show. That's on the flagship station of the Pelicans radio network, WWLFM. That's 1053 uh, on, the, uh, on the radio. That starts at 8 central tomorrow night. And then if you stay with WWLFM, we will start our pregame show at 8.30, kind of have an extended look at tomorrow night's big game against the Phoenix Suns, which tips off just after 9 Central uh, from Arizona. So with that, we'll take a quick break. We'll talk more Pelicans in just a moment on a Wesley Wednesday with David. It's 2 a.m. You went to the casino confident you'd win. This time, instead, you lost the money that was supposed to pay your bills. Tonight, you're ready to admit you need help. If you or a family member has a gambling problem, treatment services are available at no cost for Louisiana residents. Call now, 1-877-770-STOP. The help is free and confidential, so call now, 1-877-770-STOP. A message from the Louisiana Department of Health and Hospitals Office of Behavioral Health. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home 
for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Guess what day it is? Hump day? Well, yeah, and it's Wesley Wednesday on the Black and Blue Report. Well, as the Pelicans won last night, 85-84, they find themselves at 37-30 and on the season. Travel today to Phoenix and getting ready to travel right now, of course, is the analyst from Fox Sports New Orleans, David Wesley, who will be on the call for three games this weekend out west. A Wesley Wednesday is now officially underway as David joins us from the uh, secret bunker, the packing preparation chamber, if you will. Hello, David. Sean Kelly, my man, what's happening? What's the secret to packing for a three-day West Coast road trip for you? Um, multi-purpose. You know, sometimes a sweatsuit can go a long way. And yes, with our can. schedule, you got shoot around, you got a day off. You don't want to try. You don't want to try to do too much. So, multi-purpose. You know, you might squeeze two days out of a sweatsuit. You know what I mean? I agree, and this will be the first road trip we've had in a long time where the temperature will remain at least above 50 degrees for the entire trip. Yes, may even grab some golf out in L.A. So uh, looking forward to getting there eventually and uh, getting it done. Let's look back on the homestand. What did you think of the split of the games for the Pelicans? Well, I, I thought that the, the uh, you know, it was a good, ugly win last night, and the Denver loss is still looming big in my mind. I, I really think, even though they were playing much better than they had previously and, and kind of on a little mini, miniature roll when they came into New Orleans, I still think you, you got to win that. And there were some, some things down the stretch that didn't sit well with me. Um, you know, and, and even the last night's game, there's some things that, you know, you think that this team would kind of grasp. Uh, Anthony Davis getting five shots in the first half just doesn't sit well with me um but you know what they won the game and and i I just think it could have been a better two games that they that they split but it is what it is now they have to go out here and get this phoenix win and then maybe split one with golden state and and uh the clippers the bench numbers last night were really down they weren't much better on sunday in the loss to denver any concerns right now about the pelicans bench david uh, absolutely. Uh, the Pelicans' uh, bench going into the second half was uh, like 0 for 30. Uh, not 0 for 30. Uh, I knew they hadn't scored, but you know their shooting percentage was was way down. You know they need some production. Ten points in the second, and then not better in the fourth. I mean, just uh, they need that bench, and 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 guys have been stepping up across the board when Anthony Davis was out. Now that he's back. Uh, it just seems like the, the production has gone down just a, just a touch. they got to get it back. I know those guys want to produce. Uh, the Pelicans need them to produce in order to, to keep the safe spot. Omer Ashik had 16-11 and 11 last night, David. He's had double-digit rebounds, I think, in his three of his last four, uh, if not two double-doubles in the last couple of games. Is he playing his best basketball of the season right now? Uh, yes, he nine uh, double-figure rebounds in his last twelve games, I believe it is. And uh, last night in particular, I like the way he was moving bodies. I like the way he was clearing space. Uh, I like his presence in the paint, uh, rebounding the basketball, pushing, shoving, and and just being, uh, you, you know, you know, just disruptive down there in the paint. They needed every rebound that, that he got last night. I do think he's playing some of his best basketball. 
even on the offensive end, very aggressive. He made some really good reverses and plays and protected the ball well. Uh, I, I liked what I saw out of him last night. Need more of that. David, when, when he is giving you double-digit rebounds and, and getting clean catches, that was the key to his scoring, I think, last night, which of his teammates benefits most? Well, I think they all benefit, especially the ones that penetrate. If they can penetrate and 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 throw him a ball, he can catch, and he catches those cleans and he finishes. That's confidence for the team. That's that's saying, okay, when I get in here and I get a little stuck, or if I go in here and you're my only option, I don't second guess that pass. I don't short arm that pass thinking, oh, I got to throw it softer or harder or higher or lower. I can get it over to you. You catch it clean and go finish the shot. You can see. The body language in the players when, when him specifically, but you know anybody. If you throw him a good pass, throw somebody a good pass, and they don't catch it, the body language changes. People, you know, kind of get down on either that person or themselves. So uh, it was really important for for them to be able to trust him, uh, especially last night, going in there, dropping him off passes, and more than usual last night, he caught them clean, like you said, and and was able to finish them. There's nothing. Uh, there's nothing ever boring about watching Anthony Davis play. Is it surprising to you that it finally took until March 15th for him to get a Western Conference Player of the Week honor? I think it's somewhat ridiculous, uh, and and I know, I know wins matter. When when you're when you get those honors, and you know, I remember even back when I was playing, if if Mashburn had a you know a big week, but we were two and two, no. Baron Davis, same thing, two and two, no. Even myself, uh, you know, I had some big weeks, but, you know, maybe the winning wasn't there. You just don't get them. They like to get the three and ones, the four and oh weeks with that monster performance to give those player of the week. So, um, and if you look back into the season, there was a long stretch of win, loss, win, loss. Uh, then they won back to back, and then they went on that win, loss, win, loss again. So, uh, that's made it difficult, but he's certainly put up some monster weeks and some monster games. As we mentioned at the start of our visit here, David, we're leaving today to head out to uh, the West. Phoenix on Thursday, Golden State on Friday, and then the Clippers on Sunday. Um, what would make you happy and slash, I guess, what's realistic about this three-game trip for New Orleans? Well, starting today, OKC has four games at home. So they may go three and one. And so the Pelicans really need, in my opinion, I think two and one is is what's needed. Uh, realistically, you could look and say they may just go one and two, uh, but uh, I think they play well against better competition. If they take care of Phoenix, I almost believe, almost I expect, I almost expect them to win one of the two games against Golden State or uh, uh, the Clippers. I, I just – they play up to that competition. They play well. They, they tend to have uh, the Clippers num- – you know, they play well against the Clippers. So uh, I, I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards a two-and-one road trip would make me more than happy and certainly keep pace uh, with that eighth-spot race. The Friday night against uh, Golden State intrigues me a little bit. Clay Thompson, on, in all likelihood – will be out. How much of a difference is that going to make with Golden State in the coming days? I think it's going to be huge. He's out for seven to ten, uh, seven to ten days reportedly, which even if it's seven, that's long enough for us to come through. 
And so, um, you know, on the perimeter, you know, they play off of each other quite a bit. And sometimes one may get something, a cleaner look, because you got to stay closer to the other one. So if, if, if Curry is coming off a pick and roll, you can't really help as much because you're guarding Clay Thompson on the wing. Uh, now you'll be able to shrink it up just a little bit more, have Curry see more bodies, make it a little more difficult. Um, there's certainly an opportunity there, but they have a lot of guys that, are, that, are, that, that play well for them and, and will certainly pick up the, the slack. Green plays with so much energy. You know, it's, it's going to be a tough one, but uh, I, I'm telling you, I see 2-1 and one coming back, back here to New Orleans. Okay, all right. I'll, certainly, I'll take that, especially when you look at the landscape there, and then you come home and you face Houston. So it doesn't get any easier, even if when you get back home the next time we visit, you're here on a Wesley Wednesday. Hey, David, before I let you go, have you talked to Ryan Anderson or heard anything about Rhino as far as whether or not he's going to be able to return anytime soon? Um, I, I've, yeah, I haven't talked to him personally. I've, I've heard uh, he's going to be on this road trip, even though he's not going to play um, in in – some think he's close. Uh, I haven't seen him or seen him run or seen him move. Uh, I, I remember when I saw uh, Drew Holiday uh, before the All-Star break, and they were, people were saying that he was going to be back in a week, and I was saying to myself, eh, I don't know about that. I'm, I'm looking at him. He didn't look too smooth. And, uh, and then he went out west and did something or whatever, and now he's uh, he's out another long stretch. Um, so I haven't seen him. I don't know if, if Ryan Anderson will be back soon. Uh, the grumbling is, you know, he'll be back maybe, maybe against Houston. Uh, and then what kind, of, what kind of player will he be? Um, knees are tough. Knees are really tough. I've had several knees, and getting uh, back to that rhythm of shooting the basketball, moving, uh, setting screens with your knees, it, it just – it's something you think about quite a bit, so we'll have to wait and see. One more thing. I forgot to ask you about this when you brought up the Thunder. They're going to do without Serge Ibaka now for some time. He's got to have a knee procedure himself. Um, you know, obviously we've been watching them very closely. They get Boston tonight, Atlanta on Friday, and as you mentioned, four straight here at home. But with Ibaka out um, and Durant not quite back yet, how do you think they look? I think they look really, really uh, they look like they're in trouble. Uh, Serge Ibaka, if you look at some of, of Westbrook's 40-point games, 30-point games, that next score was Ibaka. He stretches the floor. He's a rebounder. He's a shot blocker. Um, uh, and, and without him, and they're reporting him out four to six weeks, this could, be, this could be the downfall of OKC. That's why I think the Pelicans need to, to keep pace. You know, you, you talk about them going out west, and they got three tough, three uh, tough games with uh, Golden State, Clippers, Houston in a row. They they can't lose all of those. They lose all of those. They're doing Oklahoma City a favor just in case they don't win going against uh, or playing without two of their big guns. So it's going to be an interesting week to see what happens when it all unfolds. No doubt about it. As always, appreciate the visit here on this Wednesday, David. Uh, we'll look forward to you and Joel on the television tomorrow night from Phoenix, 9 o'clock Central on Fox Sports New Orleans. All right, go get packed, and uh, I'll see you at the airport. Yep, see you in a minute, man.
All right, David Wesley here with us on a Wesley Wednesday. We'll continue on the Black and Blue Report in just a moment. Pelicans fans, be sure to download the team's official app so you can play our new game, Quest for the Coast, presented by Chevron. Help Pierre the Pelicans save the coast in this infinite flying adventure. Save as many miles of the coast as you can before the water rises. This fun, interactive game includes a basketball bonus round and educational facts about the environment provided by the Audubon Nature Institute. Quest for the Coast, presented by Chevron. Available only on the Pelicans app. Download it today. In New Orleans, food is more than a passion, it's a tradition. And Zatarans has been part of that tradition for 125 years. From jambalaya and dirty rice to crab boil and more, Zatarans has been jazzing up dinner since before there was jazz. And we're excited about what next season might bring. Jazz it up tonight with Zatarans, proud sponsor of the New Orleans Pelicans. We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report. Let's turn around to the football side of things. And while it's been kind of a quiet couple of days for the New Orleans Saints, that doesn't mean that we don't have something to share with you here on this Wednesday. We're certainly pleased to share with you the story of Akeem Hicks. The Saints defensive end is currently overseas and is serving, in a way, as a part of a USO tour. Before he left on this very special mission, Akeem Hicks had time to sit down with our own John DeShazer from NewOrleansSaints.com. How did you How did you get involved in the USO tour? Oh, it, it was an invite type of thing. It wasn't really a uh, you can't really put yourself on the tour. I um, but when I got the news, I was so excited. I just I couldn't believe it because I had watched this tour go down um, several times from when I was younger to to being in the league and and just seeing guys go over there and get to spend time with the troops and and give a little bit back to, to guys that give us so much, you know. So uh, I was extremely excited to be able to go over there. Was it a league invite? And, I mean, do you submit your name in the pool, or do they just kind of randomly pick? I believe they randomly select um, players. And, and I, I would imagine uh, there were some things that I did this year, throughout the year, that, um, you know, I, I do a lot of things for the community. Me and uh, Cam actually go around, and uh, we go to schools during the week. And um, there was one event in particular this year that I really enjoyed. And we played uh, Call of Duty um, with the troops, actually, um, over there. And uh, it, was, it was just a great experience. And uh, I'm not sure if that had anything to do with the selection process, but um, I'm just humbled and, and really excited to be able to go over there. You know, to be able to, to go in and represent the franchise, and more than represent the franchise, I guess, to be able to speak to the troops and kind of uplift them, what does that mean for you? I mean, do you have military in your family also? or? Yeah, I actually do. I, my dad served for 22 years, um, so... For me, it's just an, and actually, to tell you the truth, I um, I was in ROTC in high school, and, and that was actually the, the direction that I was headed. Um, I, I got a little bit better at football, and uh, <laughs> so I turned out to play football. But um, that was um, it, it's always been something that um, I, those are people that I look up to, you know. And so it just means a lot for me to go over there, and and with my family ties, my dad served for 22 years. It means even more. It, it even hits home just a little bit more than I think than uh, most people. Now you guys are going to be making three stops, I believe, on the tour. I mean, anything specific planned uh, through the through the through the league or through the program, or is this just kind of you know go as you go? I haven't received specific details, but um, I, I got a basic itinerary, so I know where we're going, and um, it's uh, I'm excited to see those places. I got to tell you, 
for me, I, I never envisioned being able to to see those places, and and, I, and I'm excited for the opportunity not only to, to see those places, but experience them with people that I look up to. You know, you guys get a chance to speak to Saints fans all over the place, and I know they tweet you and, and email you and that kind of thing. And you've heard from military personnel before. What do you tell them when you when you speak to them or when you respond to them? Oh, just a, it's just an honor to 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 be able to speak with with men and women that that serve our country on on a daily basis. You know, and uh, I, um, I I couldn't imagine. Uh, I know everybody looks at our profession and they think, oh wow. They, they, they do a pretty awesome job, and, and they get to do these things that, that nobody else gets to do, and, and they get to, you know, I, I really feel like those are the kind of guys that you need to look up to. Those are the guys that you should admire. Those are the guys that are, are really doing something for this country on a daily basis that um, that not everybody can do. You know, what's your dad's name, and what branch of the military was he in? My, my dad was Army. His name is Frank Hicks. Now, was that, you know, a lot of kids uh, grow up in, in military households and it's sometimes it's rather strict and, you know, I, all, obviously always orderly. I mean, was it kind of like that for you? Oh, goodness gracious, yeah. There's definitely a, there was a, a set regimen in, in how our household how my, how our household was conducted and, and, and what everybody was required to do from, uh, from my sister on down. There was definitely a, there was a, a status quo that we had to meet on, on a daily basis that uh you know, uh, I feel instilled a certain amount of discipline in me, which carried over to my athletics. You know. Well, I was about to say, what what did carry over? I mean, are, are you one of those guys who's, uh, you know, if you if you're five minutes early, then you're late, or you know, is it you know you have to have everything just so? Oh, but being on time is, is a huge part of, <laughs> of of my dad's dream. He has a thing. It's, it's funny. I don't know if you're going to put this story or not, but he has a thing. This is uh, it's a little funny anecdote on my dad. He is so precise with his time that if we say we're going to meet somewhere, he needs an, an exact depth to minute. There's no, I'll be there in about 30 to 45 minutes. He'll give you, he'll say, I'll be there in 23 minutes. And <laughs> he'll be there in 23 minutes. Like, so it's, it's the most amazing thing. And, and I tend to, uh, I do that myself a little bit, but uh, I'm not as uh, precise as he is. But it's the fun thing. Now, I, I, I guess we'll segue over to football a little bit. I mean, the franchise has been making a couple of changes, especially on the coaching staff and in personnel. I mean, is this kind of what you guys expected after last season? I know everybody thought 7-9 obviously was not good enough and that there would be changes, but is this kind of along the lines of what you guys might have been expecting? Uh, there's no question that 7-9 is not good enough. Um, the, the changes that have been made, you, um, you, you don't expect, but you understand that they are a part of the business. And um, you, you definitely hate to see guys go, and you hate to see, you know, people that you built relationships with, and, and you hate to see that change. But uh, everybody's day comes. My day is going to come one day. It, it, there's, there's no question that um, it, it's a, uh, it's part of the business, yeah. and you have to accept that. How difficult is it to to see friends depart? I mean, you know, you saw some depart last year with Lance Moore and and Will Smith and John Vilma and guys like that. I, how difficult is it to see friends leave, even though, you know, as you mentioned, it is a business and this is liable to happen to everybody. If you, if you play long enough, it's going to happen to everybody. Yeah, those are uh, – This is it's, it's different when you when you look at a guy that's had an amazing career, like a Will Smith or a Jonathan Vilma. You know, those guys leaving and, and Pierre and Lance, all those guys having amazing careers, winning a Super Bowl title with this team, you know, uh, there are a lot of other things that they need to accomplish. They've proven themselves in this league, and, and they've had um, 
full, long careers <laughs> to go with it. So you, you can't really, um, I, I know they don't feel bad. You know, I, I know that they feel like they've accomplished a lot, and, and I know they, that when they look back, they can have something to be proud of. So it's different for a guy that, that leaves when he's not, um, you know, fulfilled yet. Well, of course, we wish Akeem all the best. I hope that he thoroughly enjoys what many have already done with the USO. Safe travels, Akeem Hicks, and we'll look forward to seeing you back here on Airline Drive shortly. When we return, we'll talk about a cool event this evening that gets your spring really going, especially with all this nice weather. We'll hope that the rain holds off for a little bit longer today as Wednesday at the Square picks up, and we'll have a thought or two about that in just a moment. Basketball fans from all over Louisiana are invited to the Louisiana High School Boys and Girls All-Star Basketball Games being held in Shreveport at the Hirsch Coliseum on Saturday, March 21st. The best players from Louisiana will put on an exciting display of showmanship. Tickets are only $10 and games start at 1 p.m. Check out hotels and other things to do at Shreveport-Bossier.org or call 888-45-VISIT. The future is now for the New Orleans Pelicans as all-star Anthony Davis has become one of the elite players in the NBA. 2015-16 season tickets are now on sale, so make sure to secure early bird pricing and receive special gifts as part of our parade of prizes. Season ticket holders receive great benefits, including access to exclusive team events, plus savings on concessions and merchandise. Be part of the best fan experience in the NBA by calling 525-HOOP or visiting pelicans.com today. Everything you need to know about the Saints and Pelicans is right here on the Black and Blue Report. Well, certainly as we visit with you here this Wednesday morning from Studio B, the weather outside is fantastic as it's been the last couple of days. I know there's some rain in the forecast. As a matter of fact, it was rain last week that uh, kept us from getting a Wednesday at the Square going in downtown New Orleans. Hopefully that can kick off uh, without a problem Tonight, Wednesday at the Square of Obviously, is just a great little midweek uh, party, live music and plenty of vendors and a good time usually had by all. And the Pelicans are teaming up once again this year with the Young Leadership Council for Wednesdays at the Square. Sam's Walmsley had a chance to sit down with our own Daniel Salerson, give us some more information on the uh, series and uh, hopefully uh, that one that can get started with the uh, weather permitting tonight. Let's start with uh, the listeners who might not know too much about the event. Can you describe what this event is all about? Absolutely. Wednesday at the Square is put on by the Young Leadership Council, and it's a 12-week concert series. We have about 6,000 people come to the Square who uh, come to eat the delicious food and drink the delicious drinks from local restaurants. And people come to the Square to um, listen to our great musicians from Mark Broussard, Tyson, the Revivalists, Kermit Ruffins, Marsha Ball, Flow Tribe. We've got a really great lineup this year. In addition, we've got some excellent uh, food and beverage options from Miss Linda, the Yakamain Lady, Aranya, Takari, and Cantina, Crepes a la carte, uh, Squeal Barbecue, and lots more. Absolutely, and the good thing is this is a free concert, correct? It is a free concert, and we have around 6,000 people show up every week uh, for all 12 weeks. Now, just uh, so we can clear this up, just in case it does rain, is there a makeup date for certain groups, or how does that happen if we have to postpone it due to the weather? Great question. We have one makeup date. So the last official day of Wednesday at the Square is May 27th, 
the rain date is going to be on June 3rd, and that will um, that's going to that's that's going to be the only day that is our rain date. So if it does rain for one of the days, uh, we'll be there. If it rains for two of the days, unfortunately, we're going to have to um, you know cut the series short. But we're we're our main concern is looking out for the safety of everybody at the square, and if it looks like it's not going to be uh, safe weather conditions, then we're going to go ahead and, and uh, cut our losses and uh, look forward to the following week. Absolutely. The YLC Wednesday at the Square is presented this year by the New Orleans Pelicans. Sems, how did the Pelicans get involved with this great event, and what is it like having them to be a part of it? We are super excited to have the Pelicans as a part of YLC's Wednesday at the Square concert series. Um, you know, we, we've been long-standing fans of the Pelicans and worked together in the past to get Wild Team members excited about uh, our, our local basketball team. We had a, a push a couple of years ago to get young professionals in the community to really rally behind our team and make sure the team knows that, that we love them and we want them to stay here. Um, the Pelicans mean a lot to the Young Leadership Council as our 1,300 members are uh, big fans of the Pelicans. We we go to as many games as we can. We're actually planning a membership event uh, at the arena sometime soon for, for all of our members to attend. Uh, the Pelicans this year are are really, um, you know, they're, the title sponsor is what makes YLC's Wednesday at the Square Concert Series successful, and, and we really are. Uh, thankful for our relationship with them and uh, and the whole organization. We They really are a, a pleasure to work with. Absolutely. And you keep mentioning the Young Leadership Council, which um, you work for. Can you just describe a little bit about the Young Leadership Council and what it entails? Absolutely. The Young Leadership Council is a group of 1,300 volunteers uh, in the community. We have 13 volunteer-led community projects that um, that range from our uh, sports-based youth development projects, such as Recreate and YLC Kicks, to an annual campaign for literacy with One Book, One New Orleans. Uh, each project is led by one, two, three really, really, um, uh, really active project leaders who are dedicated to filling a need in the community. And... Really what we do as an organization is develop leadership through community service. And whether somebody comes up through the pipeline of being a volunteer uh, and, and becoming a project leader for an existing project, or they could jump on to one of our uh, member benefits, such as the Leadership Development Series, and uh, create their own project. And basically creating your own project means you come up with a great idea that fills a need in the community and you, you send it to the projects committee and then it goes to the finance committee. And then finally the board gets to uh, approve the project. And, and with that, we give a budget and all of the support of the young leadership council to the, the pr prospective project leader so that they can fulfill their um, personal dream of making the city a better, a better place in their own way. Sounds great. This, that's Sems Walmsley, president of the Young Leadership Council. Sems, 
Before I let you go, this is your chance to do some convincing to everyone listening right now. Why should people come out to Wednesdays at the Square? Well, first of all, it's a great amount of fun. It, it, it really is a, a unique experience, being that we're in a city known for its festivals and its food. Uh, you get to come to a free festival downtown and hear some of the best local musicians around, uh, not to mention the food is wonderful. Uh, but most importantly, the Young Leadership Council receives the proceeds from this event, and we're doing tremendous work in the community. We have uh, some incredible volunteers who are becoming the future leaders of New Orleans. And, you know, without, without the money, without the proceeds from Wednesday at the Square, the YLC wouldn't be what it is today and wouldn't make as big of an impact in the city that we're so proud to call home. Well, you convinced me. I already love the love the festival, but uh, you convinced me again, and I hope everyone out there goes and checks out the uh, Wednesday at the Square, presented by New Orleans Pelicans, the YLC uh, Wednesday at the Square. It goes from 5 to 8 every Wednesday from now until May 27th, and for more information on the event and all the acts that are performing, you can visit the website wednesdayatthesquare.com. That's Sems Walmsley, president of the Young Leadership Council. Sems, thank you so much for your time. We can't wait for the Pelicans and YLC, the team up for this fantastic event. Daniel, thank you so much. We're very excited and hope to see everyone out there. All right, Daniel, thank you very much. And that'll do it for us here on this Wednesday at Studio B for the Black and Blue Report. We'll look for you right here tomorrow on the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. We'll be broadcasting from Phoenix, Arizona, as the Pelicans get set for the Suns tomorrow night. Of course, the Black and Blue Report is available at pelicans.com, orleansaints.com free as a subscription on iTunes and also available on both teams' mobile applications. Help us spread the word, won't you? Thanks to our guests today, Monty Williams, David Wesley, and Akeem Hicks. John DeShazer and Daniel Salerson were certainly a big help, and we hope that Sims Walmsley and the Young Leadership Council can get Wednesdays at the Square going uh, tonight. Knock on wood. Hopefully that rain holds off and uh, maybe it pushes it off into uh, the evening or the later evening hours and into tomorrow. Have a great rest of your Wednesday, everybody. Keep an eye on that uh, Thunder Boston game tonight, and I'll talk to you from Phoenix tomorrow. I'm Sean Kelly, saying so long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.